Welcome, dog fans. We are bringing you another episode of Dog Thoughts because it has been a while, and spring is in the air, but not football. Footballs are not in the air right now because for the first time in our lifetimes, I mean, especially mine. Mike, I'm not sure about you. No, I'm just kidding. But we don't have any spring football. See, now that's a joke. <laughs> we don't have any spring football. And what are we going to do about it? I'm not sure. But with me, I have Mike Martin and Trevor Mueller. Mike, Trevor, welcome to Dog Thoughts, and thanks for coming. It has been far too long since we got to talk about the Huskies. And it's going to be, you know, we're going to have to really kind of help everybody out by churning out some content because there are a lot of people that are the teachers like Trevor that are stuck at home and uh, that can't get out. So um, I'm really looking forward to, I think it was, it's going to be a, a good look on really something that is impacting football, not just here in Seattle, but across the nation. Like you said, SEC has canceled all of their spring ball as well. All of those pro days, the spring games, just kind of like Washington has done. So who knows what's going to happen in terms of spring football. And I think that's the biggest question is what happens because, like we mentioned, it's never happened before. Trevor, what is, what are you, what is your like instant take on this? You know, actually the first thing I think of when we brought up pro days is I thought of a couple Huskies who are fighting to try to get into the draft. Um, first I think of Austin Joyner who medically retired, but has come out of retirement and really staked a lot of his claim on being an NFL player on the pro day. And then Miles Bryant, who didn't necessarily have the best showing at the combine to show that he does have the football acumen to play at the next level. I'm so glad you brought up Austin Joyner and especially that pro day thing, because like you mentioned, some kids didn't even do all of the different drills at the combine and really banking on this pro day, not just hurting the incoming class and the current class there at Washington that will be playing at Husky stadium in the fall, but also those Huskies that are leaving. And I think that is a very great point. And, and how will does they that, expand how, fall camp, Mike? Well, that that's, that's a great question, but I'm going to jump on that in a second, but you know, the NFL draft and, and, these guys that have been borderline that that have really kind of jumped off the page, you know, a, a guy that certainly was not going to get an invite to the NFL combine. I'm glad you brought that to, up because now it's going to uh, impact him. And there aren't, there's no X uh, FL anymore. You know, a lot of these things are shut down. So it's, it's really going to be a, a financial impact on a lot of people that, that, you know, now they're going to have to find a job, but there aren't jobs to be had because nobody can work, you know? So it's, it's a big thing that, that you have to really look at the impact that it's a trickle down effect of, uh, you know, do they, do the teams keep more veterans on the team? So it's, you're right, Trevor, there is a, a big impact on it. And, um, and, and for, it is a snowball effect in the spring. Yes, that's well, and and you know the, the the other thing is is that you know for the NFL draft, Kayla, I know you do a lot of coverage of uh, the NFL draft, but my question is is how are they going to do the draft this year? Uh, not really how or where, but how are they going to pipe in the booze for uh, the NFL commissioner? 
if that's also a very good question. And honestly, with um, Sean Payton, the first actual known and confirmed case of the coronavirus in the NFL happened today. So at first they're just talking about moving the draft out of Vegas, not having any live events or anything like that. But now they also have to look at who has he been in contact with and are we even going to have an actual draft or are we just all going to read them off on a screen from separate locations? That's another issue that the NFL is having to look at. So kids kind of like not the getting, way that baseball does it. Yeah, so kids aren't getting that time to shine. You know, I remember watching Danny Shelton get drafted and the look on his face and then seeing the coaches and the parents all there. It's a great thing to watch, and it's being taken away from the kids, unfortunately. You know, that's a really good point because Danny Shelton became more of a household name because of that week leading up to the draft where they focused in on him. He had the big smile. He had the legs across his neck, and uh, he kind of became a household name across the nation, even though his shirt. Yes, his shirt. (laughs) But, I mean, we'll definitely talk about the NFL draft coming up later, but really the situation at hand now, Mike, is kind of like I asked, will they expand fall camp? Well, and that's what there. There's talk. Um, you know, no, there's been no official word. There's nobody that's even addressed it. It's just been a lot of speculation. Um, you know, and and does do they expand uh, fall camp to two weeks? And what is the overall impact of that? Because it's already a long season, and teams aren't getting. Uh, you know, a team that that like Washington last year, they didn't have. They had two buys late in the season. So, you know, there's, if these kids are doing six weeks of fall camp and then they have nine games uh, till their first bye, I mean, it's going to be a pounding on these kids. So who knows what the right formula is going to be? I think a big question a lot of people are asking is, if every player and coach is tested, why can't they practice? I think it's pretty safe to say that teams would then just have an advantage over other teams. You're supposed to start spring, spring about the same time, fall camp at the same time. And if one school has it, another doesn't. Can you imagine how the feud, especially on social media between fans, if Oregon got cleared and Washington didn't, it would blow up. It would be World War III on the Internet. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's, of, the, that's <laughs> a thing that, that either the NCAA is supposed to be an unbiased uh, board that, that kind of regulates everything so that no team has an advantage over another. And if, you know, this this is something that that's going to have to really kind of, how do they practice when they go to practice in the fall? You know, um, well, and, and fortunately for the Huskies, they had um, they had a really good social distancing display put on by Kyler Manu last year as far as his tackling because I think he was practicing social distancing in tackling last year. So Huskies may already have the advantage of leading by example. Oh, my God. There <laughs> How long did it take you to come up with that, that one? I, I have been chewing on that one all day. <laughs> I'm glad you saved it for the podcast because that was gold. And I think that's a great segue into talking about the impact on things, whether it changes, whether it's not, how prepared are these kids. And I think the best way to start off is the impact on recruiting. Kids aren't able to go to camps and participate in the seven-on-sevens, the FSP, that type of thing, really get their name out there. And that's 
making a big difference here in the spring when a lot of recruits and coaches are now out there on that recruiting circuit kind of taking a look as spring ball is starting to get underway and the draft is kind of hushing down a little bit on those college sports, but what about summer? Well, and Kayla, you know, we, we talked to Mario Bailey this this last weekend, and he talked about what it would be like if if he were in school or if it was him who was under the coronavirus. And he said that he'd be eating all those Doritos and doing all those things that he shouldn't be doing when he should be working out. And I think this is this is a a spring of separation because those guys that are really the hard workers really going to be guys that kind of stand out really to to the to the scouts because they're going to be bulked up they're going to be looking like they're ready to roll when some of these other kids that need a a boot in their butt uh they're going to look a little bit sloppy and i got to interview chance bogan he is a wide receiver tight end athlete also plays db at his high school class of 2022 and how that's basically what he's been doing when I asked him about it. He's just been bulking up and lifting like crazy in his home because that's all you can do in a situation like this when it's even frowned upon to be outside. People are going about their everyday lives, but it's not like you're able to just kind of go and throw a football around with a friend. You can with family because they kind of say, you know, just stick to your family, but it's, it's not the same as getting that practice and that training professionals and with others as well in those types of situations. And Trevor, kids aren't able to get looked at. Does it matter that these actual physical camps and training facilities aren't open, even though social media, there's so much recruiting going on in social media nowadays with Huddle, 24-7, Max Preps, and so on and so forth? You know, it's really interesting because what you're going to see, it's going to be a multi-year issue. Because these coaches have had their eyes on these kids for years and years, they kind of have their groups that they want. Um, what you're going to see with this next group that's going to come up, the class of 2020, you're going to see who's taking the summer off as they get into uh, fall camp. Then once you get to the class of 2021, they're still been, they've been targeted. The offers have already been out. We already have at Washington. There's already been two people that have committed. And it's the groups after that, it's the 2022, the 2023, that are getting opportunities to have eyeballs on them. And that's where you're going to have to see the best recruiting coordinators go out and find those guys with less tape on them. Because it takes one coach, it takes one recruiter, and it takes one camp for a school to fall in love with you. And those guys aren't getting that chance going into their junior year. I like that you brought that up, Trevor, because – I have a friend whose best friend's brother just went to a seven-on-seven camp and was on the same team as Citadel Smalls, and that is how he got his first offer was going to that camp, and he's just a sophomore in high school as well, so those are absolutely huge, and Mike, on your things, you train and you work with a lot of kids, you watch a lot of film, you're really good at breaking down that game film as well, so... From your perspective, how well can you judge a kid, and is it a little bit different seeing him on film as compared to in person? Is it really going to be that much of a difference for kids to get looked at? Well, the, the one thing that, that I think is kind of a rule of thumb, you, the kids are need to put together their highlight reel to get 
the school's attention. And for these borderline D1 kids that are kids that are under the radar, the Miles uh, Bryant, uh, the um, the uh, Christian Galvin in Bothell, you know, some of these guys that are are walk-ons now may not have even been been given a preferred walk-on. Uh, to to get into to Washington, so I think that that one of the things that a lot of these borderline need one kids have is they're going to need to bug the heck out of the schools so they hide in front of them, get those highlights together, and then get the coach the the full tape, wet their appetite with the highlights. But then you got to deliver like a full game film of, uh, you know, wire to wire performance. And, you know, what are the coaches going to be doing now? They're not going to be able to do a whole lot except look at these kids tapes. So I think it's going to be important for these kids. If they want to get noticed, they may have to do it over uh, social media and really or email and get it to the coaches. That and this is going to be a big advantage for Todd Eilers and not team that shotgun offers in Oregon. I think they have like 200 offers or something like that from the last class, so I had to throw it in there. It wouldn't be a Husky podcast if I did not make an Oregon comment. I'm I'm working on my WSU one next, so bear with me. But moving on past recruiting. There's always time to be petty about Oregon. Oh, always. I'm not a morning person, but I would set an alarm to wake up every morning and just be petty towards Oregon. So it's a lot of dirty deeds done on me, but that's the story for another time. Mike, you were there. <laughs> impact on position. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Impact on position battles. This is huge because let's kind of talk about the same position battle we talked about last season and how big it was. And I think without spring ball, fall camp and that whole position battle at quarterback with Jacob Eason, Jake Hayner, Colson Yankoff, Jacob Sermon, Dylan Morris, shall I keep going, all the Jakes, that doesn't go down the exact way as it did in the spring. And so this quarterback battle with Ethan Garbers, Jacob Sermon, Dylan Morris, how does it go down? Is it any different? Is it the same? Does one of them lose an advantage over the other because other people are in the program longer? How does it go down, Mike? Sermon, I think it, that tilts the field toward him, uh, toward taking the reins. He's the only quarterback. Of course, Garbers is the last one to throw a pass in a game, but um, but Jacob Sermon, I think the you have to kind of figure that it tilts it to him because he's been in the system the longest. However, they are kind of installing a, a Jimmy Lake playbook that's maybe more aggressive. So who knows? But I think from an experience thing of being uh, on campus the longest I think the advantage goes to sermon we don't know what what it actually means to be more aggressive so uh, but from an experience standpoint and 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 Trevor correct me if I'm wrong but I, I think that that it tilts the wins into sermon's favor and Trevor on that side of thing Mike brought up a great point with Jimmy like now wanting to be more aggressive these kids are having to learn a whole new playbook almost with Coach Donovan as the offensive coordinator, and you can study it on paper, but how is this whole entire shift in the school, the program, the culture, all these kids coming in, how big does losing that spring mean for those position battles? 
it's a big deal because that's when you're able to let the kids go out there and make mistakes in it. You have a ton of time. They get to make their mistakes loudly and put it on film so you can dissect it, dissect it, perfect it, perfect it. Because those kids, in the reality, they're watching that film during the summer. They're getting better and better. And you're not going to get that opportunity. Going to back to what Mike said, though, about Sermon, I believe regardless if there was a spring ball, if there was a summer ball, if there was a winter ball, it didn't matter. This was going to be uh, Sermon's job. I think that he's the most talented quarterback. I think he's going to be the – he has the most arm talent of those three. And I think in an aggressive offense, you want somebody that can throw the ball like he can. I'm definitely going to be that person who says, I think this is still Ethan Garber's game for the taking. It may be a little bit more difficult, but he is now given this whole summer to really work and practice and be better. But, Mike, in terms of spring ball, I feel like it is a great time for coaches in all their positions to really evaluate the depth position and say, we'll have this person here, here, and here for X amount of years. We should really start to look at some kids in this position in the summer and fall for here. Are they able to do that as effectively without spring ball because they're not having to wait till fall camp to really evaluate those positions? Or what is your opinion on that? Well, I think that what Jimmy Lake would, would be doing right now is developing a seeding chart. He, he wants to see who the, the best players are. Um, and, and in spring, it's going to be a lot of who's physically the best part, the best uh, athlete out there. How, who are the 11 best guys on defense? Who are the 11 best guys on offense? And finding ways to get all of those guys on field. And for a guy like Mark Redman, he might be the, the biggest, strongest, most talented guy out there. But when it comes fall camp, he's not. They're not going to have any tape on him. So for him to to climb the depth chart, I'm sure they're going to start him probably at the bottom because he's a freshman. And you have Kate Otten, you have uh, some other guys that are, have been in the system a lot longer, and so they're obviously going to be ahead of him on the depth chart. Despite I, this is just speculation that he's the biggest, strongest, fastest tight end out there. Uh, just based on his rating coming out of high school, but he's not going to have the uh, the time in the system that they really want. And so it's going to hurt guys like that. We saw that with no, Ty Jones a couple of seasons ago. With He had an amazing spring training, spring scrimmage, all of that. And I think that's what really put Ty Jones on those – I don't even want to say wavelengths of, hey, this guy's good, this guy can play, even though he's young. And Trevor, I kind of cut you off. Yeah, no worries. Mike, can I give a little spoiler to one of our videos? No. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Perfect. So we did, uh, we did a spring preview, these videos with a bunch of awesome panelists, and I was the only one that said starting on the upper, opposite side of KDOT was going to be Mark Redman. And I truly believe that if he was going to get a spring ball, he was going to rise up to that point. I think it might take some extra time, but I think you're going to see a shift in the way that Jimmy Lake versus Chris Peterson's uh, where those talented guys are going to usurp the older players and the more experienced players quicker if they have that talent. 
I think for the most part, though, what you're going to see is instead of those guys going from bottom of the depth chart to possible starter like a Cam Williams from last year, you're going to see them start to get in that second rotation and have to move up. So the timetable is going to be pushed back. I tend to, I I tend to agree (laughs) that, that, um, you know, I think, uh, physically, but, but the the thing is, is that, um, when you have Redmond, he, he's, I'm sure he's been pounding through that, that, um, that playbook, but there's, there's no substitution for live reps. There's no substitution for live reps for two reasons. One, one is that you can put, you can, your coach can go, that's a guy that I can trust throwing the ball to him on third down in the red zone. Um, but it, 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 so for, for the coach, those live reps, but it also helps you in your confidence as an athlete that you know where you're supposed to be, uh, on third down, uh, in the red zone. So, you know, there, 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 there's live reps, there's no substitution and there aren't really any, there's, there's, there's no Eastern, there's no, um, East Ferndale Girls College to start out the season. It's Michigan. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the scariest things to me personally is that there is going to be kinks in the system. It's it's just natural with these new head coaches, new offensive coordinators positions, everything like that, that there is going to be kinks that you need to work out and there is that much little time to do so. And I think it's we can also look at, you know, the impact on being more aggressive. Like, what does that mean for Washington's starters and replacing those starters? And what is the impact on scholarships? There's so many impacts in this coronavirus. But I kind of want to end it here, and I want this answer from both of you. And I'm going to start with you, Mike. And this kind of goes back to position battles. How does it impact a player in terms of his weight, and his conditioning and either costing him or winning him a job, not having any of that gym time because all facilities have been closed down right now. Well, fortunately for the, the, the city of Seattle, there is Ford sports performance across the water. And I don't know if they are shut down or not, but if, if you have a chance on the interview, they are, that they were. Okay, so it is real, literally on these kids that that they have to uh, take things on themselves, take the ownership of being physically ready, uh, do as many uh, live reps in your mind, and get yourself into that. And you know, the the quarterback and receiver they can work on social distancing on sixty uh, yard bombs. So. Um, you know, they, <laughs> there are ways, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm sure that private workouts are still possible. Um, I just, you know, it, it's, it's going to impact the quality of the product that is delivered, uh, certainly in the Michigan game. I really, really, really like that ending statement on you. And then Trevor, same for you. And is there one position group that maybe might suffer from it the most? I think it's going to be the younger guys that are in the trenches. I think that Soha's workout program is so fine-tuned and, and 
builds these kids that come in from high school into gladiators. And without getting that baseline and without being able to get into a weight room where you can use some of those things that he's taught you, I think that could really hurt the interior line. So that's kind of where I go with it. It could be kind of bumpy, as you say. The timetable is going to be pushed back. My hope, my prayer is that this ends and they can give these kids a little bit extra time before the Michigan game with maybe a two-week extra, where it, whether it's reps or not. In a perfect world, and we will definitely see how the NCAA decides to handle that. And we're not actually going to know the impact on everything we've talked about for another five and a half months, which is a little intimidating, and I don't like not knowing anything. That's just me personally. But like you mentioned, it will all come down to how they play and come out on the field against Michigan at home on Montlake. That was great stuff, and it was so great to talk about some football, even though there is no football in the air right now, even though it's spring. Absolutely insane. But I had the pleasure of being joined by Mike Martin and Trevor Mueller, Trevor, I totally spaced on asking if you wanted to plug in your podcast because you also have a great podcast as well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm Trevor Mueller. I co-host with my buddy Jake Grant, Fourth and Inches of the Husky podcast. We're also part of the Husky Maven channel. We're going to start pumping out some some guests coming up to fill the void of your quarantine days. So start checking us out. We'll be pumping out content next week. And speaking of all that content, great content, you guys. Not really knowing what's going to happen, and we're going to find out in about five and a half months. Really the impact on this recruiting position battles and everything we talked about from this coronavirus. And I'm nervous. I don't like not knowing anything. But who really does? So that will end that one. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. That way every time a new episode is posted, it goes straight to the device you're listening on. Also, don't forget to check out si.com slash college. Washington for tons of more great content coming your way like Trevor and Mike have mentioned. We've got some great videos and some fun segments coming. Check it out to hopefully get you through these tough times. And until next time, I'm Kayla Olin. He's Mike Martin. He's Trevor Mueller. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>